and welcome back to Mark My Words Football Podcast with Rob and Scott. And after a fun and competitive divisional round, now only four teams remain left in the NFL playoff picture. But some of the best football still to come with a few games remaining, and we will crown a champion soon. But we will start it off, as we always do, with our recap of the Buffalo Bills. And this week, the Buffalo Bills were defeated by the Kansas City Chiefs by a score of 27-24. to Rob, why don't you lead us off with your thoughts in this game? All right, so at uh, from the get-go, the Bills really laid out their plan. It was pretty obvious they were going to ground and pound. And the Chiefs seemed like they were perfectly fine with that. So at the first juncture of this game, it looked like the Bills were controlling it. And if you look at the time of possession, it certainly indicates that. 37 minutes to 23 in favor of Buffalo. But it really ended up being the Chiefs who controlled the game subtly throughout this one, I believe. Because I think Buffalo's whole plan in this game was to run the ball and trust in Josh Allen to keep it safe until the end when they could be put in a position to win the game. And they were going to trust him to do that. That happened. They Throughout the game, the Bills' plan kind of worked. I mean, they kept it close all game. At the end of the game, they did have an opportunity to win, but Allen could not cash in. The offense was not able to cash in on the touchdown. And the Chiefs, they were going to weather the storm of that Bills' run game. They were going to keep it close with Mahomes and trust that Mahomes could pull it out at the end. And in the end, they were right. They were able to march down the field virtually unopposed for the majority of this game, averaging almost eight yards a play. And that doesn't even, you know, that the kneel downs at the end do that some injustice. I mean, the Chiefs went down unopposed for the majority of this game against this banged up Bills defense, which really finally, I think, showed against this Chiefs offense in this one. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, the, the Bills' defense was certainly flawed, and Kansas City's offense seemed to be able to do whatever they wanted. And the Bills' game plan almost worked. And at the end, the Bills finally started to get stops. I mean, Kansas City's last score was just at the start of the fourth quarter. The Bills had three drives that went empty at the end. Like, they had the chance to win it. This is almost kind of opposite of how 13 seconds ended because the Bills had the ball at the two-minute warning. They were on the 20-yard line, like... Like, who would you rather be in this game? Yeah. Like, the win probability was probably insane for the Bills to be able to, like, get that first down, get the touchdown, end the game. And that just didn't happen. I think it ended up coming down to more of a executional error than anything else. Yeah. Like, the, your plan worked. Like, I think that's probably the right plan with how bad your defense was. Just, like, just limit how many times they were out there because, like, you couldn't get a stop. I think Kansas City had five third downs this entire game. Like, that's how good Kansas City's offense was. Like, at moving the ball. They were so incredibly efficient. Okay. And, and Buffalo had to do what they could to try and mitigate that. I think they did a really good job at that. But when it came down to it, they, they just couldn't execute. And I don't think it's Allen's fault. I think he played incredibly. Anyone that watched it would know. Like Even if his stat line isn't gaudy, at least in terms of passing, I think anybody that watched the game would say that Allen played incredibly well this game. He dropped a couple of deep passes in the bucket for both Sherfield and Diggs that could have won them the game, and they were both just drops. Yeah. And I would agree to a, to an extent on that because I think that this was a game where you needed, if you're Josh Allen, you needed to come up in the clutch, and you did not. And then for me, this game, the Bills, they it was also decision-making on Joe Brady and Sean McDermott's part. Like, you were running a very good game plan, 
and your team was playing good. Allen was playing well despite not taking, you know, the big shots we're used to seeing. Allen was playing well to start this game. And then you start doing just weird and wacky stuff. And it seemed like you got they kind of got antsy a little bit. Like they weren't content with how they were playing up to that point. They just got a little bit antsy. So, you know, they went for the fake punt. Allen fumbles it. He starts taking more shots. And then at the end, he, he, he throws two just odd throws, odd decisions. And that really kind of did them in. I think if you kind of stuck to the plan that, that got you through this game, if you kind of kept sticking to that throughout the end, it didn't do any of that weird stuff, then you that we might be talking about this game quite differently. But for me, this is kind of why I decided to pick the Chiefs in this game. I just thought... When it comes down to these clutch moments, I trust Andy Reid and Mahomes to make the right one, make the right decisions, and two, execute them. And I think I was, we were like once again shown why the Chiefs have become a dynasty at this point and the Bills haven't. It's not because of a lack of talent, it's because of a lack of the proper decision making and the proper execution. Yeah, and I, I think the players really came into play for Kansas City this week. Like, you've seen Travis Kelsey be inconsistent, and especially inconsistently from these wide receivers. And you saw receivers like MVS like, have some absolutely like, great plays in this one. That's something that's been extremely missing from the Chiefs this year. It's like, their players came to play for them this week. And, yeah, it's just, like, odd that, like, when it mattered most, like, Bill's offense did not come through. Yeah. And, but it's, like, something odd about this schedule, like... Allen completed 16 passes behind the line of scrimmage. Like, that's an absurd number. Especially for him. Yeah, like, he's never done anything like that before. That is the most, tied for most in a game, most completion behind the line of scrimmage in any game in the next-gen stats era. Yeah. I just found that absurd. Like, like yeah, like, we're going to have to put, like, they tried to execute that plan. It almost worked. You right. could have had a couple of those shots that could be a different game, but... I think, going back to like you said, like Kansas City has been a better team. Like If you look at things like DVOA, it says that they dominated because of the success rate that Kansas City did have. Right. And I think Kansas City deserves a lot of credit in this one. I mean, six straight AFC championship games. That's absolutely absurd. Like they, absurd. They deserve a, a, so much credit for that. That is so hard to do. Yeah. Like They've really started to build some type of dynasty here. Like it, It's so hard to get there, and they've consistently been able to do it. Right. And you look at, like, we talk about the Bills, like, being just underachievers and losing to this team, but really it's everyone in the conference. Like, if you look at the Bills, made one conference championship. Bengals with Burrow, made one conference championship. You know, like, Lamar, making one conference championship. It's like, and the Chiefs here with six. So it's kind of like, it's tough luck when you're going up against a team like this. It's kind of like the teams that had to face Brady all those years, where it's like, yeah, you're a really good team. Maybe if you were in the other conference, you might make a Super Bowl or two, but you just run into this buzzsaw and this just dynasty now part two with the chiefs and it's just it's tough luck yeah well and for as good as the chiefs are like in the three playoff games versus the bills from Mahomes, like they've averaged 36 points per game Mahomes has nine touchdowns and the he's has zero interceptions versus the bills and he has not been sacked a single time in those yeah. three games that's crazy like it's just so absurdly good and like the, the bills just haven't been able to force a turnover or even get a single sack on the guy like yeah like that's definitely plays a part into why you lost right and it's like going forward what do you do differently because you lost to this chiefs team three times now it's like do we really want to roll out the same thing and go with it again i'm just curious like what do you think the solution is like what do you think that they should do how do they get over this hump Uh, that's a really good question I think that they could really use like a different offensive plan to be able to really lean into their unicorn quarterback and like get some more offensive weapons. Mm, for sure. And 
hopefully that you are a little healthier on defense and McDermott can or McDermott can coach it up well. But I, I think to that point, a lot of people want McDermott gone for a lot of different reasons. Yeah. But, I mean, just some more stats for the Bills. So, in this game, the Bills both rushed and passed for 180-plus yards, had zero giveaways and took zero sacks, had less than 30 penalty yards, had 35 minutes-plus time of possessions, and had five separate 10-play drives. No other NFL team in Super Bowl era has done all those in the same game, regular or postseason, and they still ended up losing it. Wow. Uh, that's always painful <laughs> when you're making history, but not in a good way. Yeah. Yeah, and again, like the Bills seem to have found themselves in what could be considered one of the games of the year, and once again, on the losing end of it. Right. And it's just kind of a testament to, like, again, how good the Chiefs are. Like, at worst, like Patrick Mahomes' worst year, it's like making, like, losing in the conference championship is his worst year. That's right. just incredible. <laughs> like, that is just an incredible thing to say. And, like, for the Bills, I, I, I ran this by you earlier. I think they're suffering from a hidden type B. And this is kind of my theory. Like, there's three types of coaches and quarterbacks. Type A, type B, type C. Type C is the type that you cannot win with. Like, no matter who your coach is, if you have a type C QB, you can't win with them, and vice versa. Type B is, if you have two type Bs, there's going to be a lot of frustration. That's kind of what I see in Dallas. Like, Dak seems to be a type B quarterback. You can win a Super Bowl with him, but your roster's got to be good, and you have to have a good coach, a type A coach. And, uh, like, you think about Jared Goff with the Rams. Sean McVay, type A, Jared Goff, type B, right? And now you think of, like, on the flip side of that, the Packers, Rodgers, type A, McCarthy, type B. It leads to a lot of frustration. You might make a Super Bowl, you might not. You might win a Super Bowl, you might not. But you're always going to feel like you're under-exceeding. And I feel like that perfectly describes what the Bills are going through. We all feel like this team is one of the most talented every single year. And we all think they have a good shot to win the Super Bowl, and yet they are unable to to achieve to what we think they can. And I feel like we're they're suffering from a hidden type B. And whether it's Allen or McDermott, I don't know. But I, I do believe that it's McDermott at this point. And while, so I don't think he deserves to get fired, but I think it is time to move on. I think it's obvious that he's not going to be able to get you over the hump and to the level that you want to be. I do really like your theory there. And I think I would tend to agree with what you say about McDermott. But it's weird because... I think a lot of people get sucked into the whole, like, stereotype of, like, you can't win it until you do. Right. Like, I think, like, Andy Reid is, like, a perfect example of that. Like, he was a guy that was definitely, like, he can't do it. Like, even in the season that Kansas City won their first Super Bowl, it, that was the whole narrative was Andy Reid can't win a Super Bowl. He can't do it until he did. And now he's, like, considered one of the best ever. He's won multiple now. Like, I don't know that McDermott's one of those, but I just tend to f- try not to feed into those type of things. Like, it was like, oh, he can't do it. Yeah, but, for sure. But I would also say, like, Reed, maybe the fact that I think that he couldn't do it is because he never had that quarterback, right? And he, he had, you know, kind of Donovan McNabb, kind of a type B guy. And when he goes to with Mahomes, you know, he played a big part in developing him. And now you're able to see what they can do with that. And I think that Allen, I think we could probably say that he's a type A and that he's an extremely talented quarterback. I think he does need more developing at this point. But I think if you get an offensive guru type of guy, like you look at the Ben Johnson type of guy, or, or Harbaugh, you know, if he was available, I think that could, they could really benefit from that. And I think that's kind of what Allen needs at this point. Like, I, I really like the offensive pairing with him more than I do, like a defensive-minded guy. Yeah, I would 100% agree with that. I, I just have my doubts that the Bills are going to be able to pull that off. Yeah, well, that is the concern. I don't think they will. I don't think they'll fire McDermott. I think they're, they're going to run it back. 
and maybe Joe Brady can show us something because he really didn't get a fair shake. I thought he did a pretty good job. But you coming in there midseason, like, that's really – that's kind of throwing you under the bus a little bit. I, I'd like to see what he's able to pull out given a full off season of preparation. Yes, I'd be very interested to see that as well. Yes, and so concludes another disappointing Bills season. And in similar fashion, we go over to the Packers – who lost narrowly by a field goal to the San Francisco 49ers in similar fashion as the Bills. And what was your initial impressions after watching this one? Like It's such an interesting one to be able to try and get a feel for as a, a Green Bay fan or supporter because it's like, you know how young this team is and what the expectations were. And like we talked about several times, like the beating Dallas was absolute icing on the cake, right? But... You had this game. You absolutely did. Like you outplayed the number one seed and like, like the top dog. Like absolutely, this game. Like you outplayed them for the majority of this game, I and mean, you should have had it, and you let it slip away. Yeah. I mean, again, off some technicalities. I mean, like one red zone conversion, and you would have had it. Like San Francisco just was able to get those stops, and then Love, I think, like showing what almost looked like a rookie mistake forcing that ball in on that final drive with the interception to Greenlaw that sealed their fate. Yeah, I 100% agree. And from the get-go, the Packers, they were playing really tough, but I also noticed that Love was not as poised as he had been. He wasn't taking as many deep shots and as many chances. It almost felt like now, because you beat Dallas, there's actually some pressure of expectations now. That's kind of what it felt like. In the scope of the season, there shouldn't be. Like, you're, again, house money, no reason to, like, anything at this point is a win, even if you get blown out. But it kind of felt like in the context of now, like, we just beat Dallas. It just felt like, oh, okay, now we need to, like, there's an expectation we need to perform. And it looked like that got to him a little bit. His decision-making was not the best in this game, and his accuracy was not the best. I think the first interception wasn't necessarily on him. I think it was more of a, a miscue in coverage. Kraft looked like he should have been settling down in the zone when he was kind of going for a slant. But just overall, Love did not look like the same Love that we have been used to seeing in these past eight weeks. And I think that the pressure definitely could have gotten to him. Yeah. I mean, like, he hadn't thrown the interception since December 11th, and he hadn't thrown a game with multiple interceptions since November 12th. Like, he's been really well at not forcing those turnovers, like, and just being really efficient. Like, that's one thing about that Green Bay offense, and Love in particular, is that he's been, like, incredibly efficient. Like, his passer rating is always incredible. And, like, this week was one of the, like, really the rare ones that wasn't. Yes. So, so like, that's just, it was kind of different for them. Like, like, as you said, like, it just looked slightly different in terms of offensive perspective. Yeah. And for me, it's like, I really thought the Packers came out and, like I thought Matt LaFleur, once again, came out with the perfect game plan. And he outcoached Kyle Shanahan, I do believe, for at least three quarters, maybe even three and a half quarters in this game. But in the end, like against a team so, such as the 49ers, who are so good, and they're, you know, they're at home, they're coming off a bye, and they're just the most stacked roster, the margin of error is so slim. And you have to be nearly perfect, if not perfect, to win the game. And the Packers not converting those field goals into touchdowns, you know, that interception, those two interceptions and the missed field goal, it just wasn't enough for them to overcome the 49ers. And Brock Purdy, good for him. A lot of people thought if you if you get punched in the mouth and if, you know, if, if your guys aren't all healthy, can you really come back and lead this team? And he did. He won this game. I mean, they went down. Kyle Shanahan was 0-30 
going into the fourth quarter when he was trailing. And Brock Purdy was the guy who brought him his first win doing that, trailing in the fourth quarter. So I think this is something that you really wanted to see from the 49ers, and I think would feel better about them going forward. But I would still say, um, you know, standing ovation for Green Bay, they came out and played really tough when I think a lot of people thought they could have been blown out in this game. And I would, I'm still very excited for the future of this Packers team. But as for the 49ers, yes, they are. They, I still think they're probably my favorites to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, yeah, and with that Packers team, I think they certainly could have had the opportunity to get blown out. Like it was actually kind of impressive to me that what their defense was able to do was I think it was could have very easily let the 49ers score a lot more points. Maybe it would have looked slightly different if it wasn't raining in that. Right. But otherwise, like still keeping the score as low as they were and to keep the output as low as it did, I think was impressive to the Packers defense where I like I've said all year I believed it to be suspect yes and it definitely has like now to earlier today Joe Barry uh just being informed that he has been released of his duties I think that's the, probably the best call like last few games they've looked a lot better but in the end like this defense definitely had its limitations and all year it was not very good yeah, I think it's absolutely the right call. And that, that was one I was hoping would happen for them, that they wouldn't outperform it too well, that he would be able to stick around. Right. That's kind of what I was worried about here. With like They've played very clutch, but I, I do like think that we've seen three years of this defense, and it three years of it you know, under-exceeding our expectations. So a, a change was definitely needed. And so that just makes me all the more excited going into next year. And I think we're going to see – this is by no means the end. I think we're going to see a lot more – 49er Packer battles and hopefully we can beat them because both of our teams are suffering from not being able to beat a certain team so the Bills losing to the Chiefs three out of the last four years in the playoffs and the Packers losing to the 49ers three out of the last five so for us we're kind of in the same boat of misery just not being able to get over this certain team but I do feel very optimistic going forward yeah but a, a team that has been able to get over the hump this year uh, certainly very exciting fashion, I believe, is the Detroit Lions. Yes, 100%. So why don't we head over to that game next? Yes, Detroit absolutely just lighting up the world right now. I mean, Ford Field, maybe the best atmosphere for a football game that I have seen. Just these fans are so hyped up for this team. And Dan Campbell, the, when I look at this Lions team, all I see is his fingerprints all over it. I mean, when we when he first came out, I think we had to go all the way back. That first press conference, he comes up, he is passionate, he's yelling, he's talking about biting kneecaps, and all of us were kind of like, okay, like what's this guy all about? Like, is this the cartoon character or is this guy like actually real? And it's like, no, this is real. Like, this is who he is, and this team perfectly embodies him. Like, you know, that's when you know you're a good coach when your team embodies you. That's how you know that you have won them over. That's how you know that you have won this culture. I think the Lions just scream Dan Campbell every time they step on the field that it doesn't matter if the other team is better than them. It doesn't matter if the other team you know, has all these advantages. Lions are going to fight harder than you, and they're going to be more, more physical than you. And at, at, at the end of the day, it's done them great success now going to a conference championship. Yeah, like Detroit is just so amazing to watch. Like I don't know how you can't be a fan of them. Just like everything about them that you have to love. Like yeah, like you said, Campbell's personality is just so amazing. And I think his head coach he is so good. Like he's able to inspire his players, like you just mentioned. And I think his forced down decisions are awesome. Like I love yes. to see them. Like they, I think they're always making the right decisions every time I watch them play. Yeah. Like really putting the trust in his offense, and they've converted for him like time and time again. And the offensive schemes of Ben Johnson have been incredible this year. I think really making the most out of Jared Goff and the offense that you have. And I think, like, 
the Detroit could have added even more weapons in the offseason, and then it would be the only thing like preventing them from being slightly better. But overall, I think they're a very good team still. Like I've been on the Lions train, I think, all year. Like even when some people had some doubts about them, I still like them. Yeah. And I think it's kind of come through in the playoffs. Like they they've just had some really nice games in the playoffs overall. Yes. And I definitely have to give you that one. I was definitely one of the, not the doubters, but I definitely, I didn't know what to th- make of them because I hadn't really seen what I wanted to. But I think this Lions team is the toughest of the remaining teams in the playoffs just in terms of it doesn't matter what the score is. They're always going to come out and they're going to fight to the last breath. And that's just been something that you really need in the playoffs. And that leads to them like always being in the game. You never really feel like they're out of it because they're never going to give up. Yeah, like even uh, on a day where you allow 400 total yards from Tampa Bay, like your defense was opportunistic, and it got the turnovers when it needed to. Like you, you got your sacks when you needed to. Like you, your defense made the plays for you like a hundred percent. Like it was allowing yards, but it made the plays when it absolutely had to. Yes, and Baker Mayfield in this game. Like speaking of the, all those yards, I thought he played absolutely incredible. I'm not going to say that the Buccaneers outplayed the Lions here, but they definitely put up a really good fight. And Baker, I think this is probably the best game he's had all year, just considering going into Ford Field and all those Lions fans. They've waited like 30 years for this moment. And like the whole world wants the Lions to win this game. And you're Baker Mayfield walking in there, chip on your shoulder. And you come out and just put out an absolutely dazzling performance here. I think you got to really give him a standing ovation for this one, just considering how the under talented this team is, and like they were supposed to be rebuilding, and they're coming in here holding the Lions to one possession. I think that's really impressive by them. Yeah, me too. I think Mayfield has certainly established himself back as a starting quarterback again. For any doubters, I think he's really come back to the surface again, and I think has absolutely earned another year in Tampa Bay as a starter. Yes. Like, where he's taken this team has certainly been great. Uh, I worry a little bit about them going forward as a team that maybe may not focus as much to rebuild as I think they should and kind of push for the playoffs more and end up again, like, more in that 7-9 win range again. But I hope the team be able to build some more. Like, they were actually a really good story. And this year, I, I think the best team did end up winning the NFC South, which I was happy about, and yes. was able to get some good competition in the playoffs. Even though they probably were the least talented team in the NFC, like, they were still very fun to watch. Yeah, they were. Absolutely. Yeah, so, like, like even in the divisional round, like, even not having a very t- talented team, like, you're missing out on teams like Dallas or Philly, who I think are obviously more talented than you. Much more. But, like, they still put up a very good fight in the divisional round and belong there. Yeah. I think this year in the NFL really just proves, like, how much mindset and culture matter. Like, you look at Dallas and Philadelphia – two of the most talented teams in the league and they just completely collapse and you look at detroit who not as talented as dallas or philly and you look at tampa bay not as talented and green bay not as talented and due to their their mindset their leadership in the locker room and their culture they overcome much more talented teams i think that is that's really illustrates just how important coaching is how important you know player leadership is and just your mindset and your will is i think this season has been as good an illustrator of how important that is as any i like that point i like that and it's gonna be i think i think we haven't seen the end of that too i really don't i think that will continue in these next couple games i don't think that the most talented team is going to win the super bowl this year okay very interesting yeah we we have not seen the end of this trend i believe okay and going out from there, we go to the Houston Texans defeat 
by the Baltimore Ravens, 34 to 10. Ravens absolutely laying down the Texans in this one after being tied in the first half. What were your uh, initial thoughts after seeing this one? Yeah, I think the Ravens came out and proved who they've been all year. Like, continually proved that. Like, they were in a scenario like where it was almost kind of fluky being off of being how they were tied off a special teams play, but were able to really just lay it on in the second half. I mean, like, again, you look at a player like Jackson, who with like 152 passing yards doesn't look that great, but like again was just extremely efficient. And if you watch that game, like you can tell that like, he was the best player out there. He and he put on a show. He looked great. Yeah, and I would I was very impressed by this one because I thought that the Texans had a very good shot to win this one. I, def- I certainly thought they would cover, and I thought there could be a sneaky chance that they that they win. But even though it was tied in the first half. It really just felt like this was the Ravens game. Like, the punt return touchdown. Texans really could not move the ball at all in this game. C.J. Stroud, for one of the only times this year, just looked like he was not explosive at all. And the Ravens came out in that second half and just destroyed the Texans like they have destroyed so many other teams this year. And this Ravens defense is absolutely terrifying. And this Ravens offense is also quite good. And when I was looking at this game... I went back and looked and watched more of the Ravens games, and I what I really jumped out to me is Lamar and his development. Like even when he won the MVP, he hasn't looked as he didn't look nearly as good then as he does now. I think he is a much better passer at this point, and that to go along with his running ability is really scary. Yeah, I think this offense has has had its peak. Like just as I had predicted earlier this year, I think this offense like started to hit its peak closer to the end of the year and has really blossomed. I think Baltimore, with as many options as it has, and it's going to gain back another this week in Mark Andrews. That's right. It's just getting even scarier. Yeah, you were absolutely correct with the Todd Munkin affecting Lamar's development. Like He looks like, I don't want to say a brand-new quarterback, but he looks much different than he did before in a very good way. He is much more confident in the pocket. He sees the field much better, and he looks to pass before he, before he runs. And I just have been very impressed by the Ravens, a team that I definitely doubted through a lot of this year as they were uh, the on the other end of my underdog locks many of the time but I think through that that was a learning experience <laughs> for me and I realized now like this team is not to be reckoned with and uh, yeah they just absolutely deserve to be in this spot right now yeah and, and for the Texans like again just to reinforce like how incredible the season that you've had like the taking Stroud and taking the talent this team had like to where you are which is absolutely incredible like a really nice job by D'Amico Ryans and that staff there in Houston yes it's like well done 100% yet another example of an under talented team beating much more talented teams in the playoffs right and although I would have liked to see him come out with some more fight against the Ravens very tough environment there in Baltimore against Lamar and this team that has again looked at the best that it has I think throughout his entire career just very tough for them. But I really think Stroud has a decent shot to be one of those perennial quarterbacks. I mean, this is probably the best rookie season from a quarterback that we have seen. And so it would be ludicrous to suggest that he would not, at least in some way, continue the success next year. I really look forward to seeing how him and Trevor Lawrence battle it out because Lawrence was the guy that we all thought was going to take that next step this year, and he didn't. So I wonder how that's going to pan out with him and Stroud. Hopefully Stroud doesn't fall prey to kind of that same thing of under-exceeding. Yeah, I think Stroud's absolutely been a top 10, maybe even top 5 quarterback. So you're like, absolutely, it's going to be so fun to watch this division going forward and see what the future brings. 
Yes, and don't even forget about Anthony Richardson, too, who we didn't really get to see much. But the games, the few plays we did get to see, he looked pretty good. So all of a sudden, the AFC South not looking like uh, such a boring division anymore. Yeah, it could be real exciting going forward. Yeah. And from there, we go on to the much-anticipated NFL Clown of the Week for the Divisional Round. Everybody loves a good clown, and now it's time to meet the NFL's Clown of the Week for this week. And the Clown of the Week for this week is Buffalo Bills head coach Sean McDermott. So, back in your own end, losing in this game, Sean McDermott calls a fake punt, fake punt on your 30-yard line. Now, going for it on this 4th and 3, I don't disagree with the decision at all. I think it's maybe actually a good decision like to try and go for it and keep your team in this game because your defense is not holding well. Like You need to keep your offense in the field, take advantage of your opportunity whenever you have the ball. But he goes out and he runs DeMar Hamlin on a fake punt. DeMar Hamlin is not known for his speed. He really is not. Like, And from the get-go on that play, it went absolutely nowhere. On that play, if you're going to go for it, why not leave your unicorn quarterback, Josh Allen, out there? Let him just bull rush through some people. Or maybe another guy on your gunner unit, maybe like Ty Johnson, who was incredibly fast, wanted to hand it to him. No, instead we're going to hand it to our safety, who had a heart attack and died last year. Yeah, it's like, what a great plan here. Like, he just went absolutely nowhere. Like, let's see, amazing quarterback, safety. <laughs> Sean McDermott, for running a safety on a fake punt on your 30-yard line? You are the clown of the week! And from there, we go on to the game picks for the conference championship weekend, starting with the 3 o'clock Sunday game, the Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Baltimore Ravens in the AFC Conference Championship. And who do you have taking this one? So in this one, I'm going to have the Baltimore Ravens. And I'm going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, very interesting here. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on this one about why you have the Chiefs winning this one. All right, so um, I'd be remissed if I didn't say that at least a little part of this is me having to stick to my preseason picks out of pride because note that I did have the Kansas City Chiefs and the 49ers in the Super Bowl in August so that will probably account for I'd say five percent of why I'm picking this game but I truly do believe that the Chiefs will win because I all at the end of the day I trust Patrick Mahomes more than Lamar Jackson and I mentioned how much I loved how Lamar's game has improved and I absolutely respect and and even fear the Ravens in this one and I do think they are the better team than the Chiefs certainly I do but as I mentioned the heart and the will to win has been a defining theme that we've seen this year and I think that the Chiefs have the heart of a champion and they just know how to win in these moments Mahomes in the playoffs has been absolutely as lights out and I think that him and Andy Reid will do enough to get this one. Now, for me, on the other hand, with Baltimore, I think they have more than proven that they can take on good teams. Like, actually having dismantled pretty handily several, including teams like Detroit and the 49ers. And Kansas City on the other team was 1-5 versus playoff teams this year. Or I guess 2-5 now after beating Buffalo. So, very interesting 
in that fact how Kansas City is. Like, they've just had such a weird season, like, where it's been down. But obviously, coming off, like, absolutely their best offensive game of the season, no question. Like, it was a very good offensive game. But how much of that do we want to chalk up to the Bills' defense being injured? I'd say maybe not a ton. But I think Kansas City has been able to hit their peak in the playoffs. And they do have the coach, the quarterback, like you would want. But I, I do value what Baltimore has more than that. I think Baltimore has proven they're absolutely the best team in the AFC and have been for quite some time. And even though they did have a little bit of struggle in that first half, I think they absolutely did dominate like we talked about versus the Texans. So I actually am quite confident in the Ravens to win this one. Even if the game is closer at first, I think the Ravens can absolutely like take this win very handily. Yeah, and I do love the Ravens' resume this season, and it might land them a nice, you know, office desk job, you know, fifty grand a year, sixty grand a year. You know, it's it's a nice resume, solid resume. But uh, this isn't ZipRecruiter. This is the AFC Championship game, and I'm going to take the team that I know are champions: Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. That being said, I think the Ravens have one path to win this game, and that is a blowout. If this game gets out of hand in the first or even in the second quarter, if they're up by like 14, 17, I think they will win this game. And I think the Ravens have done a great job of blowing teams out. They have the most 14-plus point victories over winning teams this year of maybe any of all time, it seems like. They've just absolutely been able to crush opponents of very good caliber, looking at like Lions, Texans, like very good teams that they've just crushed this year. But I think if this game is in any way, shape, or form a shootout going into the fourth quarter, I would absolutely take the Chiefs to win this going. And I do think that it will be a close game. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I, I think Lamar Jackson can absolutely take him in a shootout. I, I would have my doubts about the Chiefs and Mahomes' like, offense being able to actually execute like every single drive if they had to. like it, it, All the way in a game, Like they could certainly have their chances. But I think if the Chiefs have to score every single drive, I have more doubts about them than I do about Baltimore. I'd rather take Baltimore having to score every drive on an absolute habit drive. I'd rather take Baltimore. Hmm, I don't know. I definitely I trust the Chiefs' offense more than I trust Baltimore's offense because I, I've seen Baltimore do great things this year, but I've seen the Chiefs do great things for six years. And so I'm not willing to forget all of that just because this season they maybe haven't looked as good conventionally as they have in years past. And this season they're winning. They're still winning, and they're still looking very good. They're just looking good in a different way. They're more of a defensive team. They're more of an opportunistic team. And But I, they still have their essential pieces. They still have the trio, you know, Reed, Mahomes, and Kelsey. And all, the, all those guys have performed very well in these last two playoff games. So I think this is going to be a dogfight. And in dogfights, I, I just got to go with what I know. And it's kind of one of the cases of, like, the Patriots every year. Like, I was never bet against Tom Brady and the Patriots just because, like, I'm not going to believe you can beat them until you do. So this is the chance for Lamar to do that. But until somebody is able to do that, I'm just I'm going to roll with the Chiefs. And Well, just pointing out, too, like, I know obviously not playoffs, but the only time that Mahomes and Jackson have faced, Jackson did win that one. And a very nice showdown between the two teams back in 2021. Whole different story, though, in the playoffs. I mean, you look at Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. I believe Josh Allen has a winning record against Mahomes in the regular season. But when it comes to crunch time, it's just something that turns on in, in the Chiefs. And we don't know what it is, but it just it, it just seems like magic almost that they're just able to flip a switch and become a, a completely different team. And I expect that to happen in this game. 
All right. Well, that's very interesting. I see we, we take some very different sides in this one, huh? Yes, we do. <laughs> but I think we may agree on the NFC side of things as we go to the Lions and the 49ers. And who do you have winning this one? I have the 49ers winning this one. I concur. Yeah. Well, like, even going into this game, I feel like it's hard not to root for the Lions like we had talked about beforehand. Yes. But when you're talking about the 49ers, again, like, I, I found – very similar talking points to what I find about the Ravens. Like, their resume is just so incredibly good. Like, they've beaten all the teams. Like, they've done everything you could ask for. Like, they've dismantled everybody. And like you mentioned before, it was like the the taste of the week here for who's going to take on the 49ers. Like, oh, can this team do it? No. Can that team do it? No. No. <laughs> so now it's a, a Lions team who have been, like, more than frisky. I'd, I'd say very good, as we talked about. But are they going to be able to hold up? I, I almost feel like I'm talking similar points to what I did last week about the Packers, where we just talked about how Tampa Bay was even able to put up some yardage on Detroit's defense, but they were opportunistic. No, I, I think that 49ers can certainly do the same thing, like be able to put up quite a bit of yardage. But is Detroit going to be opportunistic? I think that's going to be your biggest thing. Yes. And the 49ers and Lions both are similar to me in a sense that they have a script on offense. And when they're running that script, they are just very, very dangerous. But to me, I worry about both these teams when they get punched in the mouth. Like, can you, like, golf under pressure when he's blitzed? Like, is he going to be able to deal with that in a way that he hasn't so far? And Purdy, same thing. If he gets down, is, is he going to be able to bring them back? Now, he did last week against the Packers, but this is a whole different team than that, much more physical and much more resilient. To me, the thing that is telling is going back to their games against the Packers. So Green Bay punched Detroit in the mouth on Thanksgiving, and Detroit wasn't quite able to recover in a way that the 49ers did. Like The Packers played well against the 49ers. They punched them in the mouth as well, but the 49ers were able to overcome it and win the game. So I think off script, I do think the 49ers are better than Detroit, and I think that these two teams are, are very similarly run on offense. I'd like the 49ers' defense quite a bit more, though, with a lot of their playmakers. Look at Fred Warner. Dre Greenlaw, Nick Bosa, even Chase Young. I mean, that is a stacked defensive roster. No disrespect to the Lions, but I just think that pure talent of the 49ers will come through in this one. Yeah, I would agree. But, like, even going back to the last game, I think Goff was able to create versus the pressure and against the Blitz more than he uh, historically has been. And he even completed 11 straight passes in the fourth quarter when, after they had been tied, they able to lead back-to-back-to-back touchdown drives. Yeah, that was very impressive. So I think he was able to come in clutch, certainly there. So now it's an even bigger challenge, though, versus the uh, Bucks defense, who was, I'd say, average, versus now a 49ers defense, who has been close to the top of the league. Yes. And for Detroit, I think they really are going to have to control the time of possession in this one. Like, don't let Brock Purdy get in a groove. Run it with your two backs. I think that's probably your best shot to win this one. Yeah, I would agree. Because Brock Purdy seems to be a very rhythmic guy. He needs to kind of get his rhythm going, sort of like Tua. I definitely think Brock Purdy's better than that. But he seems to be more of, I don't even want to say system guy because that's kind of been his moniker. But he does seem to be that guy that kind of needs to get those quick throws to get his game going. 
And so I think if Detroit is able to get out and keep him on the sideline, that kind of puts more urgency in the 49ers if they see Detroit going down there and scoring on these long drives. Yeah, absolutely. That's something that Detroit's been actually very, very good at doing. Like with a combination of Goff being able to kind of dink a dunk how he needs to with their running game as well, but also be able to take those shot plays and their decision making on fourth downs. Whereas, and their defense being opportunistic too, I think would help in this sense, where if you're having Purdy have to try and push the ball more, there's your chances to try and get ahead. Yeah. And yeah, we're both on the 49ers here, and we contrast in the AFC. But now I want to also know, like, who do you want in the Super Bowl? What would be the best possible matchup for you that you want to see in the Super Bowl? I think the best game, I think for sure, is going to be Baltimore and the 49ers. But, like, in terms of teams we're going for, it would be Detroit. Yeah. I, I agree. Like, the, the Niners in the Super Bowl, I think they're the most talented team in the league at this point. And I think that the Ravens are the most talented in the AFC. But for me, I, I would love to see a Lions-Chiefs Super Bowl just because I want to see the Chiefs, you know, this, this is kind of a tale of two cities. Like, the Chiefs just have this amazing dynasty. They're winning every single year. The Lions have had nothing, and they're climbing all the way back. If they were able to conquer the Kings – like they did in week one, like a rematch, that would just be an epic tale. I think that's kind of what I would be rooting for, Lions Chiefs Super Bowl. Like I, I just want something that's not the Chiefs. That's kind of like, I'd be happy with like anything else. Really? Although that that is a very intriguing story. I do like your point. That is a very good story. Yeah. Ending the season how we started it. Right. That would just be awesome. Like would, Lions that, Chiefs, that would be incredible. Lions victory if they won that. That would be very cool. Yeah. But in pure like talent wise. Yeah, the 49ers-Ravens would probably give you the best quality game, I would say. That'd be one of the best quality the Super Bowls, like, in how long? Yeah, very long time. I mean, and, and it would come in line with the uh, the whole graphics thing, you know, the purple and the red. So oh, yeah. everybody wants to talk about that, don't yeah. they? Yeah. <laughs> all, all it takes is one game for that narrative to just be shattered forever. Like, if the Chiefs win, it's, it's done. If the Lions win, it's done, so... I kind of just want that to be over with, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, I kind of did too. I'm kind of sick of seeing that. Yeah. I, I found it funny at first, but now like, people are actually starting to believe it. And like, yeah. oh, let's get it, out of here with that. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, it's always it's always rigged when your team loses, but when it's when you know when your team's winning, it's oh how how dare you say it's rigged? It's definitely not rigged. The moment right. your team's out, it's rigged. Obviously, it's rigged. We knew it the whole time. The best one here. How can this happen? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, but yes, looking forward to some great matchups there. I think whatever combination we get, though, it's going to be a very entertaining Super Bowl. I agree. I think this is definitely like a real like four of the best teams in the league. Yes, 100%. can't ask for some better matchups. One hundred percent. And from there, we go on to a segment in which we are also one hundred percent sure that we will get right. It is against the spread locks. So last week, Scott went with the 49ers at minus nine and a half. And he did not come through as the Packers put up a much better fight than we had thought. I went with the Kansas City Chiefs at plus two and a half and was correct when the Chiefs beat the Bills last week. So, who do you have for the conference championship as your against the spread lock? So this week, my against the spread lock is going to be the Baltimore Ravens minus three and a half. So, like we talked about, Baltimore Ravens being able to defeat good teams all year long, even by huge margins, and the Chiefs 
failing to win many times versus good teams. I think Baltimore's absolutely going to be able to have their way with Kansas City. Like, I'm extremely confident in this game. Like I talked about, I'm very confident. I think the Ravens are going to easily cover three and a half points all day, giving Ravens minus three and a half. Well, I definitely love that pick if you are picking the Ravens to win this game, which you are, because there's I only see two results in this game, a Ravens blowout or a Chiefs narrow victory. And so I really am confident in the Chiefs winning in this one, which is why I would go Chiefs plus three and a half for my against the spread lock. I, I'm, this is going to be a take where I am 100% embarrassingly wrong because the Ravens win by 20 points, or I am dead right that the Chiefs edge them out. I'm betting on Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs plus three and a half here. I love it. A lock off? Lock off, yes. <laughs> Made the best man win. For sure. And from there, we are going to transition into Rob's best bets for the conference championship weekend. So why don't you tell the folks about your good week last week? Yeah, so last week we hit on the parlay, getting three out of three. So McCaffrey, 90-plus rushing yards against the Green Bay Packers. Looked like he might not get it, but he pulled it out at the end, getting over 100 yards rushing in that game. We also had Baker Mayfield at 200-plus passing yards. We mentioned how he didn't have a great game against the first time he played the Lions. Thought he would come out with a vengeance, and he did, throwing for 350. And Kelsey to score a touchdown against the Bills and their weakened linebacker core. He scored two of them. So we nailed that best bet parlay, and we're hoping to do so again this week. And for this parlay, the best bets is going to be Gus Edwards' anytime touchdown. So if you have been following this podcast throughout the season, you would know that I had Gus Edwards in my fantasy sits several times throughout the year because I said all he does is rely on touchdowns. Well, I think that works in our favor this time. I really like Gus Edwards to score a touchdown against the Chiefs defense that got ran all over against Buffalo last week. I would also say Rasheed Rice, another anytime touchdown scorer. Last week it was the Kelsey show. Rasheed Rice looking to make his impact on a very good rookie season. I think Mahomes is going to be looking for him in this one. I like Rice to find the end zone. And finally, Mahomes to have over 275 passing yards. I think, again, the king will show us why he is the king. Mahomes going to throw big time in this one. So, Edwards, anytime touchdown. Rice, anytime touchdown. Mahomes, over 275. That is the parlay. I like it. And from there, going on to Scott's parlay of the week. And, Scott, how did you do last week? What do you have going for the conference championships? So close, but a loss last week. As we had some hits with the Lions covering at minus 6.5 and, and the Kansas City Buffalo game going over 45.5 with some very good picks there, but losing off on the Texans covering 9.5 as they were not able to. But this week we're hopefully able to get in the win column, and this week we are going to have the Baltimore Ravens on the money line. I think that money line is right where you want it to be, not too high. It's still in the hundreds at minus 198. I think you're good to pick that one there. I'd also like to take... The 49ers at minus 7. I think we've seen all year the 49ers be able to dominate these teams. And although I did pick last year or last week for them to do so, they were not able to. Maybe we can chalk it up to a bit of a a first-round buy and rust issues. But I think the 49ers are absolutely going to get back on track. Even if the Lions are able to keep this one close, I think the 49ers are absolutely going to have a touchdown lead at the end of the game. But I'm also going to take under 50.5 for Lions 49ers. Even throughout these games... When the Lions are able to win these playoff games versus the Rams, a Rams defense that wasn't very good, only able to put up 24 points. And against the 49ers defense is actually pretty good. 
I think this game is going to be able to stay under 50 and a half, and that's a pretty high margin for that game, I believe. So this week, for our parlay, we're going to bet on the money line, Baltimore Ravens, minus seven, San Francisco 49ers, and under 15 and a half for Lions 49ers. Yes, I really like that one, especially that 49ers Lions under, because both these teams, even if they score, even if they're able to impose their will on offense, kind of move the ball slower than other teams really running out the clock. So even if they have a good offensive day, I do agree with that. It's probably going to be an under game. (laughs) 